Right, and Dick. Oh, sorry. I'll start again. Hello. Hello. Uh, you got that totally wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just start halfway through. We oh. normally say hello. Hello. We're not going to bother with hello today. That was rubbish, wasn't it? All right. I'm Howell, the nerdy vicar who messes up the introduction. Yeah, and I'm Dave Coaches. Right. So, right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, what have you been up to? After look back at that, I might have swore on that. I hope I didn't. Did I swear just then? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's all right. You no. better double check then. I'll double check. Anyway, so what you been up to in Dave? Uh, what have I been up to? Oh, I went out for a nice meal last Friday. All oh, right. Do you um, want to give a shout out yeah, to your cheap meals? Out. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't oh. Was it cheap? No, it wasn't cheap. You don't it, go it was to good expensive value. meals. It was, good, it, it was good value. Where was it at? We went to the Catherine Wheel in Marshfield. Oh, right. And I've not been to Marshfield since I used to drive the number 35 bus through it. Oh, all right, um, yeah. but uh, and so I'd missed it. I didn't realise I'd missed it till I went back. How weird <laughs> is that? Um, but I went to the Catherine Wheel in Marshfield with um, with friends of ours. Oh, right. And, um, the meal was good value. What was really good value was the cheese board, because <sighs> the cheese board was only six pound fifty, and that's cheap for a cheese board now. And it was really, really good. Are you? Are you definitely? That sounded more like an ad than anything else. You're going to send this podcast to the to the people who work there. I don't have their WhatsApp. No, we have like, to get sponsorship. I suppose I could email it to them. You I'll could email it to email them. it to them um, and ask if I could kindly have a voucher for <laughs> my next meal um, if they get any anyone like that. Ones. If you go into the Catherine Wheel in Marshfield as a result of my recommendation, if you could tell them that you were recommended by those vicar blokes on day, that coaches. would be really good. Yeah, that'd be really good. That yeah yeah. What have I been up to? I've just been watching loads of rugby, and uh, we had the seventies night actually at um, at uh, Saint Nick's. Oh, well, that no. was really good. Late, that was oh, no, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. We had that, and oh, and then I had a really good I had a really good night out on Friday because my daughter went down to my sister's for the night, so we had no kids. So we went to TGI Fridays for a, a meal over right. in the View. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, but did you go in the cinema as well? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Watched some at Romantic since it was just you and the wife. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we watched the extended cut of The Exorcist. So oh, that was right, quite really good. Yes. Yeah. yeah, great. <laughs> the Exorcist was on the telly over the weekend, wasn't it? Was it? It was on the BBC, I think. Oh, right. It's I didn't 50 watch years. it. I saw that it was that it was there. But it's I didn't fifty watch years. It. it is since uh, it's been out. But it was the extended it cut. It was. Yeah. It's a deeply Christian film. I think for the Halloween edition, you should watch The Exorcist, Dave. It's gory. I think we should watch The, the it's Exorcist. It's gory. You're trying to make Put me in watch the comments, that, you know, Dave should watch it's The Exorcist. Turn my stomach. It's brilliant. It's amazing. It's, oh, the, it's the most deeply Christian film. I have seen film. it. It was a long time ago. Yeah, you need to watch it as a priest. It's, it, it's amazing. Right, okay. Yeah, so I really, we both really enjoyed uh, our cinema trip. And watching that for Good, our romance, yeah, yeah. So, what are we talking about this time then on on uh, on the podcast today? We are talking about how the officials robbed Liverpool of points on the weekend. Um, VAR, VAR, and its controversy because that's taken over the news. We are talking about um, well, a bit from Deuteronomy, um, talking about Joshua and genocide. Yeah, that's nice. All the all the gory bits yeah. of the Bible, and yeah. then in the final part, we talk about the long shadow. Um, so at this point, we repeat the warning that that's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Um, yeah, it's like The Exorcist, but but it's not going to be everyone's cup not, of tea. It's not gory though, is it? It's no, no, gory, but it's but really sensitive topics. Yeah, that are, yeah, they're addressed. Um, but we, I don't. 
we obviously record the intro after we've recorded the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've talked about it, and I don't think we touch on anything that's over-triggering, do you? No, not really. Yeah, so, no, um, no, no. But bear but, in mind that, that uh, might not be for you. Yeah, that's right. So all your hats for the music, and uh, we'll kick it off. So, Dave, what's in the news this week, then? Well, we're not going to talk about news that you like, because we're going to talk about football. Oh, God. Because the controversy over football has taken over the front page and the back page. What? what I must admit. I mean, <laughs> what, what, I mean to be fair, um, the Europeans won the Ryder Cup in golf, right. and it barely got a mention because this controversy is so huge. Well, what, what's happened with football, then? VAR got it wrong. VAR's TMO in football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it's right. It's the video ref. It's it? the video ref. Yeah. And they got it really, really wrong in Liverpool-Tottenham game. Um, and they know they got it wrong, and um, they did nothing about it, basically. So they realised they'd made a mistake within seconds. We've heard the audio now. Mm. Um, and, and they realised they made a mistake, but then couldn't work out under the rules of the game if they had to stick with their mistake that has massive consequences or to correct their mistake that might have meant the game had to go back three seconds. So they decided to not pull it back and let the game go on. So what was the mistake then with the football? Um, This is a much easier, simpler game to ref, isn't it? The VAR... uh, So (laughs) Liverpool scored, right? Right. Louis Diaz scored. Um... The linesman put his flag up for offside and it has to be reviewed by VAR. All right, yeah. The VAR reviewer said that the decision that was made on the field stands. Right. Which was offside. Right. But he thought that the goal had been allowed and therefore the decision stood that it was a goal. So there wasn't a goal, there should have been a goal, um, and he basically had the decision wrong. And then somebody next to him said, but that was clearly onside. And he said, yeah, the decision stands. And he said, but it was disallowed for offside. At which point the VAR person who gave the decision swears, and there's people going, stop the game, stop the game, stop the game. And he's the man responsible for making a decision to say, stop, wait. He could just say it in the ref's ear, don't let him take the free kick. Oh, they've got the things out. But he he waited 30 seconds until the game had gone on, it had gone out for a throw, the throw had been taken, and then they decide that they can't draw it back, and they'll just apologise to Liverpool for making a mistake. So it could oh, cost man. them, could cost Liverpool millions of pounds at the end of the season. Yeah, because they won't get into the. Because they could miss out on Champions League, they could miss out on the title. We're too early to tell any of that. Well, yeah, they might true, miss yeah. out by fifteen points on all of these things. Yeah, we're too early to tell. But the but the outcome of this is massive, um, and we're in a society now and in a culture where the football club aren't going to be pushed around. They know this is a. Uh, an unjust thing has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, had they done what they did last season and drawn the lines and decided he was offside, at least it was it was a a thing that could be 
debated. Right. But this can't be debated. He was onside. He agreed he was onside. So they disallowed the goal anyway. Makes absolutely no sense. But don't um, they have the... Like, I know in rugby, we got we have TMO, and we've had video ref in for ooh, 20... I don't know how long, but it's a long time. Yeah. A long time. But VAR is quite a new thing, isn't it? But we've had TMO Well, a few for, seasons now. Yeah, but and it's, it's and not... It's, TMO generally out plus if anyone knows when TMO when video refing came in in rugby for the first few years it was a bit dicey like there was a few yeah. there was a few tries which kind of didn't go and then you know there was there was one uh, I can remember where the ball bounced as he jumped over the line and he didn't have downward pressure on the yeah. ball so they would, but he gave it as a try and things like yeah. that so partly I think it's that kind of new technology Takes the time to bed. Well, there's in. human error and there's human error, and that's human error. Yeah. yeah so yeah. maybe they didn't get all the angles they wanted. Maybe the TV had better angles. I don't know. There are a whole load of reasons why that might happen. But this was a, this was a, he said the opposite to what he thought he was saying. So there's been more stuff that's come out on this story. And it's apparent now that um, several of the officials involved in this, including those in the VAR room, um, had been in the United Arab Emirates working on Thursday night. Oh. And now they're reffing a game on Saturday. So they're shattered. So they're shattered. They're jet lagged. Uh, They've gone for the big money over in the UAE because they pay the big money for it. Yeah, yeah. And basically they're overworking to the point that they can't concentrate on what they're doing anymore. Well, that's, that's greed, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, and every human's... But what we're on about... See, it, I looked it? at this and I thought, oh, Howell's not going to be interested in the story in football. But I knew there would be a hook in it that made you more interested. Well, I thought my take would be, like, rugby's far better. We've got to yeah, get yeah. sorted Wrong out. Wrong shape like, yeah. ball, don't yeah, matter. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I've tried to get into football, but failed. But um, I think th- I think you're right. I think what, what we've got now is this compulsion for us to work, the kind of Protestant work ethic, where... We have the opportunity to work and work and work and work, but then the quality of what we do goes down inevitably, and then we make mistakes, and then we just don't get forgiven, do we? No. Well, there's consequences, aren't there? And actually, um, some of those are more serious consequences than others. Of course, I'm a big Formula One fan. Oh, right. So I am never going to get over um, the Abu Dhabi final race where the rules were corrupted in order for Max Verstappen to win his first championship. Oh. I'll never get over it. But that's the thing, though, is that all these sports, though, have been corrupted through money, though, haven't they? Yeah. And I think this is the thing, is that this is just another symptom of sport being corrupted through money and how it ceased to be, in lots of senses, what it should be, which is a fair game. Because what the point of the referee is, is to make sure the rules are followed. Yeah. And if you don't have adequate refereeing and you don't have enforcement of the laws, then the, the game's unwatchable and it's unplayable. Because if you don't have confidence in the refing system, then you're not going to play the game the way you should play the game here. No. That's the thing. No, and, and, it, and it loses its integrity. Yeah. Well, and it loses it being sport. Yeah, yeah, because it's not actually then a competition, a physical competition between two teams. It then becomes about who's got the most money, 
who can bribe enough people, that sort of thing, rather than actually a legitimate competition. I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think this one's slightly different because I don't... There are some people that say, ooh, they're in the United Arab Emirates, funny how Man City are owned by United Arab Emirates, and who are going to gain from this the most... It's going to be mad. Now, I don't fall into that category. That's conspiracy I think, guys, isn't I think it? that's far too far down the conspiracy line for me. However, I do think that there has to be some level of maximum working, minimum rest periods, and all the rest of it when you are making fundamental decisions that affect other people as much as these do. And I don't mean the footballers. What I mean are the people who are the supporters who who, who actually are, are going to be traumatised by this. Yeah. Oh, no, Rovers fans are used to it. We've been traumatised for our whole lives uh, with the support. I, I rejoiced last week that we that we I watched them win four one tonight, and then yeah. the day after we recorded, they went and lost two nil. Did they? But they won three nil last night. I um. I, I didn't, didn't go to Deanery Synod because I went to watch the Rovers instead. Oh, that's really um, bad. Oh, dear. Oh. I, I earn that time. Yeah. Um, because we because we can't work all of the time. We'll burn ourselves out and then we'll be inefficient. So I'm only as good as I am on the podcast today because I didn't go to Synod last night. I think that's a good idea, yeah. 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 But I, I do think, though, that's the other thing to do with expectations. Or It's the same with doctors, with priests, with everybody is every, we've got this 24-7 culture now yeah. where everyone's got to work 24-7. And what happens then is society falls apart because people are working, 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 working. They can't look after their kids. They can't look after their partners. Uh, you can't have a, a, a normal life. And also as well, you become more and more isolated because you're always in work. So you're not interacting yeah. with anybody. Yeah, but I think I think that is one of the biggest dangers of working from home. Yeah. We're lucky because we work. Um, well, firstly, we find it difficult to separate life and work anyway, but that's just the nature of what we do, um, being and doing and all of that. Um, but we do have a study which, when we're not at work, we can shut the door. We leave the room and shut the door. Whereas a lot of people who work from home are working at the dining room table and it's difficult then to separate what is work and what is is life um, because there's no door to shut. And as well, though, is this is the thing with Sabbath, really, and this is why Sabbath is the forgotten law that we, we've just discarded because we think it's pointless. Yeah. And the point of Sabbath was that everybody in a community would not work on a certain day so that everybody in the community got one day a week rest. And also the community could come together on that day in order to do special things mm. like festival days and the same sort of thing. So the whole people in the village can come together and play football or do whatever they do yeah. on that particular day. And that's what builds community. That's what builds uh, life, really, and gives you that balance between work and life. And also as well, not everybody is physically able to work seven days a week, right? And what the other point of Sabbath is to stop the strongest in society uh, hoovering up all the work. So if you're a strong person and you're young, 
you can work seven days a week for a limited period of time. You can work harder and longer than older people or maybe disabled people or, or other sorts of people in society. And then you can have all the money. So the idea of Sabbath is to stop. Yeah, you've just missed that in the in the lectionary, haven't you? Because you're observing creation side. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the Froom side, we're on the normal lectionary. Um, and so it was the the parable of the workers in the vineyard where he gets yeah. some at six o'clock, some at nine, some at twelve, some at five, and and then pays them all the same. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the backstory on that is the ones who are left in the marketplace not employed are the ones who are not going to be as physically able to do the work that the landowner wants. Yeah. You know, and that's the bit of the story that, that yeah. you have to then expand on. Yeah. Um, and everybody at the time would have known that. Yeah. But I think that's the thing, though, is... But we end up then with a, least pro- a less productive society as well. Uh, and you get issues like this VAR thing. So actually, it's self-defeating working all the hours God sends because you end up less efficient, you end up making more mistakes, you end up in a mess, and then you can't work. So actually, work, 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 work is self-defeating. Yeah. It doesn't, you know... Yeah, 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 there's, there's a, a massive call for these officials to be sacked. Mm. They, they were suspended for a game on Sunday and Monday. So they were doing games Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, uh, one, one Sunday, one Monday. Um, so they were suspended from all of those. And there has to be a disciplinary hearing, doesn't there? Yeah. So because, now they yeah, might find that, well, they thought they were making more money. They're going to make less money because they might not be there again. Yeah. But that's the thing, though, with, with Sabbath, that would then stop that happening. That's yeah. why This is why we think, oh, these ancient people are so stupid. We're so clever. We're much better than them. We understand the world better. And then, so we're going to bin all these old ideas and then... Problems persist, don't they? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's just just thinking about what you were saying about the most powerful doing the most work and mm. making the most money. That's not necessarily a true model of what happens, um, because we also need to protect those other people that that would end up working loads and loads of hours for less money than they're worth. Um, because they're deemed as less important. So you mean, yeah, so, that's so, the other... so, so we have to respect that Sabbath law right across the spectrum um, and, and ensure that we treat people fairly, that they have the option to not work seven days in order to put meals on the table. Well, that's the answer. Like, so that's it, it, the opposite way round, isn't it? Really? Yeah, like it's both, both sides of the spectrum, isn't yeah. it? Like I remember um, in, and it, I'll say it now because they've gone bankrupt, right? is someone in my parish in Drayton worked for Wilkos. Right. right. And she had to work two days a week in Wilkos, which she had guaranteed hours of 16 hours a week, right? Yeah. And then, as required. So she couldn't actually get another job, right, other than Wilkos, because she had to be available to work seven days a week, right? But they would only give her guaranteed 16 hours. And loads of people are on these sorts of contracts, right? Yeah. So yeah, there, there was, are like there were. I was, it was, it I've was been looking at it, not because I'm thinking of changing job, but I constantly look for jobs for, for um for the kids. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, indeed, yeah, 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 yeah. And and loads of them are like that. Yeah, There's, and 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 because zero hours are frowned upon, they call it five, six, ten, fifteen hours. 
Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you go to the interview, they say, well, we can probably find you 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week, as many as you want to work. But how can you but then, then... when you go on holiday, they pay you 15 hours. Exactly. But how work. can you then, as a person, bring up a family on that? So what used to happen, right, with loads of people in, in Drayton, nearly all the jobs up there, because all of it was farm work and things yeah. like that as well, yeah, were on these sorts of contracts. And what would happen would be when seasonal work the shop is seasonal as yeah. well isn't it right so coming up to christmas say in a shop november december she'd be working like seven days a week and she had to work seven days a week for like two months right in order to save yeah. up enough money because then in january she'd all be working two days a week so she had no guaranteed income so when they gave her hours she had to say yes because if she didn't say yes she didn't have any money yeah and it and loads of places are like that. And the yeah, thing is, but, it's but see, just I wrong. I don't think that the, a total ban on zero hours contracts the right thing. But I think there needs to be legislation, and I'll tell you why I think that. Um, and these are the people that fall through the loop, really. My wife spent several years invigilating exams. Oh yeah. yeah. She was on a zero hours contract with the council because they only needed her. Well, with the school, when it was exam season. Yeah. yeah, So, therefore, it meant that they didn't have to re-recruit every time. They could draw in the people that were on the zero hours contract. Their holiday pay was there. Their hours were there. The rest of it was there. Um, And that worked for that. And that works for people who, like your lad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, could yeah. be on a zero hours contract with the people that he worked for. Oh, yeah, so he when was. he yeah, comes yeah. home, he can walk straight back in on the job that he did while he was here and save up some money to go back oh, yeah, for his beer fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it works for him because yeah. there's no expectation that he works, but it enables him to, to ring up the manager and, and, and they know he was a good like, employee yeah, yeah. and say, oh, I'm back in three weeks' time. Is there any chance you can put me some shifts in? Yeah, yeah. And then he doesn't have to go through all of the writing of the contracts and the interviews because it's already he all suspend- done. Basically, his, his contract, it's in suspension for three yeah. months and then he comes back and then he's going yeah. to tell them, yeah, that's how it yeah, works. So, yeah, so, so they work for things like that. What they don't work for is when you're using them um, as a corruption for your own means as the employer. But we need to, this is the thing though, this is where law comes into it really, is we need to work out a way of having a better um, covenant between workers and bosses yeah. in our society. And we've had that for years. And the thing is with it is across the country, millions and millions of people cannot afford to work because that's the only work that they can do with these sorts of contracts where there's no guaranteed income. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So, But nobody talks about it. So I've got a list. This is why I don't watch the news, right? Because there's a list of things which are detrimental to society, which are causing our society to really suffer, and we never talk about them or very, very rarely talk about them, right? And there's a list of things which the telly always talk about, right? which had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And really, what my theory is, right, because I'm a conspiracy theory, they call me a conspiracy theorist, is most of the news is just noise to make sure you never talk about zero-hour contracts, you never talk about house prices, you never talk about the things that actually affect people. Like, is it party conferences will be coming up in a bit? They're on. The Tory party conference is on. Oh, all right, yeah. But there was nothing very exciting out of that. Well, yeah, they're not going to talk, but, well, they're not going to talk about any of this. 
So well, Labour... it's just sound bites, isn't it? They're all just sound bites. Yeah, it's Labour on next week. Yeah, Labour's on, the Liberal Democrats are on, they're all over the next two or three weeks. Here we are. I bet you, right, yeah? I bet you, because I'm a betting man, I bet you that the Labour Party will not talk about um, any of these things that we've talked about now. Well, you're... And if the Labour Party, which is founded to actually stop these sorts of practices and did stop these sorts of practices because they're basically Victorian practices... Well, you practices. can't get a good soundbite out of it. Well, that's not the point. The it's point not in them, the news at the moment, is it? But the what point they're going to talk about to is, is about immigration because that's in the news. Yeah, well, that's or, All the stuff that we've talked about over the months, you know. So there we are. So we've fallen into the trap as well. Of, well, of being well, distracted well, by well, nonsense. Well, we haven't, we haven't, because what we did today was we took what what might seem a bit of a non-story and very sport-related, mm. and we've turned it into a much deeper conversation about ethical issues. Well, Because um, there's always an ethical issue behind every news story somewhere. You just have to look for it. Well, yeah, there we go. So that was pretty good. So we're gonna in the next bit, we're going to be talking about the ethical issues of uh, basically genociding people. Genocide, in, yeah, in Joshua. Great yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about Joshua and uh, various uh, bits of the Old Testament in our next bit. So thanks for watching those or listening to. I've all song with me today. Uh, thanks for listening to those Vicar blokes. Uh, don't forget to share. You must have been working too hard. I must have so been working. many work- hours you can't concentrate on the task at hand. That's probably right, actually. Yeah, yeah. maybe I need to go on a Sabbath. That's what it is, you yeah. see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but thanks for listening to those Vicar blokes. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share it around with your mates. Uh, tell us as well in the comments what you like, what you don't like, what you agree with, what you disagree with. Um, we like negative and positive comments, don't we? Well... We take them on board. We take them on board. Yeah, yeah. Take them on board. Uh, like that's a funny word. Yeah, like. It? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, share it around with your mates, and uh, that would be great. Dave coaches Bible bus trip. So just to finish off, we've got a couple more things to talk about with uh, Dave Coach's bus trip through the Bible. We've done the kind of historical and major themes of um, the Old Testament, but you really can't read the Old Testament or think about the Old Testament without thinking about some of the alleged, well, the terrible things that happen in it. And the Old Testament, I think, has got a really bad name, isn't it? There are those really? bits that... Um... All the atheists know best. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to, yeah, if you read the God Delusion, right, or something like that, one of these atheist blogs and what have you, basically what they've done, they've got all the horrible bits of the Old Testament and and put them on the on a blog and said, oh, on the internet and said, oh, this is the Old Testament, and it, it always confuses. Well, no, what me. they say is, this is God. Oh, this isn't is God, he horrible. Yeah, yeah God's can really you, horrible. Can you yeah. believe in somebody as horrible as this? Yeah, that's it. Die. Yeah, God is like some kind of psychopath. Yeah. Well, that's that's what they're taught. I might I might talk about this a bit more uh, as things goes on because I'm 
I'm on a research mission because my daughter's doing RS. And uh, it's really interesting, actually, when you see what they're learning in RS and you think that's nothing to do with crazy. Did, really did I tell you about. Well, you've um, got a D in RS, yeah. Never mind, never mind <laughs> that. Thanks for. Thanks. Um, so I had to pull that in, yeah. I, I think, yeah, never mind. Yeah. I think it was an E, actually, in RS, but let's not worry about it. <laughs> I got a whole host of Ds, but I got an E in RS. Um, when my stepdaughter started at St. Mary Redcliffe, one of the first bits of homework they get in RE is to do a research project on your own church. Oh, yeah. History, yeah, yeah, yeah. feeling, style of worship, oh, all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a good one. Anyway, she got a really good mark for hers, and I had no input whatsoever. Oh, right, yeah. And I did the same one when I was at, in school there as well. Oh, right, yeah. So, um, yeah. And she got a much better mark than I did, obviously, because <laughs> she works a lot harder than I do. Um, but then the next three kids through... Um, I helped them with theirs. Uh, bear in mind, I was church warden at the church for some of that time. And, yeah. Um, and uh, and I never managed to match her grade, <laughs> <laughs> even though even though I copied her own work. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, another another day fail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm full of fails. <laughs> but I think I think that's the thing. So when we think about the Old Testament, there's there's a lot of like memes on the internet with like single quotes and stuff from the old Testament yeah. about like, let's go and do that. Let's go and kill all the Canaanites. Let's, let's wipe these people wipe out. Wipe these people out. God said, I must, I must kill people. Commit this act of genocide. That's it. Basically. Yeah. So they would be like, Oh, God's a genocidal maniac. Right now you have that like all the time. And I think that's kind of got there in popular culture. So people are frightened of the old Testament really. Yeah. Because there are some bits which are quite bloodthirsty in there, let's be honest. And people are frightened to read it because they're like, oh, I don't like that that type of God. I don't like that sort of thing that's going on. Um, so really, how are we meant to understand it? That's, that's, that's the first, that's what we're going to talk about today. So a good example of it is in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, which is kind of chapter 20, which is the commands to Joshua to go into the uh, Holy Land. And what basically it says is go into the Holy Land and just wipe them all out. Wipe everything out. It's like scorched earth. Go in and destroy everything. Right? And there's very, very strong language in that, isn't it? Feels a bit atom bomb, doesn't it? It does feel a bit. It feels a bit Dresden. Let's put it that way, yeah? It feels a bit kind of, you know, and that's where we're coming from with that. Like, yeah? So it says, when you go to war with... uh, when you go to war against your enemies and see the horses and chariots and army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them, because the Lord your God has brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. So there's all those nice bits like that, which says that God is on your side, he is going to uh, protect you and all that sort of thing. But then it does go on to say, when you march and attack a city, make its people an offensive offer of peace. If they accept it or open their gates, all the people in it shall be subject to forced labour and shall work for you. If you refuse to make peace, they engage in battle, lay siege to the city, and when the Lord delivers it into your hands, put the sword to all the men in it, as for the women and children and livestock and everything else in the city, you are to take it as plunder for yourselves. There we go. Right. So what we've got there is, in some senses how the ancient world was yeah right 
And we might look back on that and say, oh, weren't they awful? And wring our hands a lot and say, oh, we're much better than that today. Because we'd never be like that today. Because we're so good today. Yeah. And we would never do anything like that ever, ever in our lives today. Because we're more evolved and good. That's the... Civilised. Civilised. That's we're it. Civilised. Civilised people. Right, yeah. So that's the story of secular humanism and atheism, is that today now we're much better than them. And... And, and atheistic people would never, ever, ever do anything like that, ever, because they we're all good and evolved. Yeah. Because the only reason people did stuff like that is because silly books told them to, right? Well, do you think that's true, Dave? No. Why not? Um, well, firstly, because I don't think we've evolved very far away from that. Um, and I And I still think that we are... It's a protectionist society. It's all aimed really to protect themselves and to take what is theirs. Yeah. And and we still have a very strong attitude to protect what we've got and to fight for what's ours. Yeah. And so they believed that what they were fighting for was was their inheritance and their... Their land. Yeah. Their land. Um, yeah. But uh, what about uh, the reason I don't believe in all that stuff about, you know, we've moved on, we're better, and if we get rid of religion, everything will be fine, is 100 million people killed under communism in 80 years. Yeah. So the most genocidal people about are people like Mao Zedong, who wanted to get rid of religions as one of the four olds in the Cultural Revolution and massacred literally millions of people. Yeah. So in an evolved, progressive society like Maoist China, um, because that's what they believed in, right, they they basically used to do incredible things, really. So if the teacher in the class said something that the students thought was uh, against the regime in any way, shape, or form, the students would grab the teacher, take him outside, and beat him to death. That was well, in the 1970s. I, I can understand that. Well, you um, could, yeah. yeah well, uh, <laughs> so I don't think we as human beings have evolved. I don't think... I think we're just human, aren't we? I, I think there's a large element of it that it's very much part of the human condition. Yeah. Um. Uh, and, and if we dig deep enough, we can see it in most circumstances of conflict it's never changed oh yeah the ukraine um, war but, tells us that but we can look at yeah absolutely yeah absolutely the rhetoric being told to the russians is that their russia is being protected from the attack of the europeans and and the americans and so um although not every russian believes that that's the narrative they're being fed and the ukrainians and we would argue rightly are protecting what's theirs, but, what but the we... circumstances the same. If they were, to, if they were, to, if if those cities that have fallen in Ukraine into Russian hands, mm. we expect the Ukrainians <clears throat> to fight for them back, and that's the story that we have in effect. Yeah, it's only I think part of the reason that all these bloodthirsty bits are so alien to us is because we live in such a safe and unusually safe uh, environment in the UK. If we were in Ukraine, we'd have a very different understanding of it, and it would it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. So I think there's that bit. Um, I think the other bit really is the best way to understand this really is to think about um, 
Wales uh, annihilating Australia. Is there nothing left of Australia now? Wales utterly annihilated Australia on every single level. Yeah, there was so... nothing left of Australia. No. Right after eighty minutes, we destroyed Australia totally on did every you know, sac- every every you know single aspect. In this past weekend, yeah, that the Europeans annihilated the USA. Did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, I, I must have missed A that. Different sport. Quite much, much, much smaller ball. Smaller ball. Uh, yeah, because yeah, they they retained the, the Ryder Cup in the golf. So they annihilate. Well, they were they were annihilating them at one point. I don't know what the final score was. There was nothing left of um, them. But yeah, that it was yeah an annihilation. Yeah. yeah. So I think so. What, what you're saying is that um that maybe the language <clears throat> this used is um exaggerated or hyperbole. Yeah. So we understand, like everyone who listened to that then understood that, that I was saying that Wales annihilated Australia. I wasn't saying that Wales had got into a bunch of tanks and went to Australia and genocided the whole Australian nation. Yeah. Everybody understood that wasn't what I was saying. And then they were like, oh, it must be a sport thing. Yeah. Because even if you don't know about Wales' awesome victory, 40 points to six against Australia in the World Cup, um, the real World Cup, um, if you don't know, no, that, not the real world. The real cup. world cup, a world cup with the wrong shaped ball. Anyway, can't right. even make a round ball. It's very cool. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> so I think, I think the thing is with it is to understand a lot of the language in the Old Testament. We have to understand that human beings use hyperbole a lot, right? So we 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 talk in those sorts of terms in the same ways we do about sport, and you can understand that because after. You have some of these passages in Joshua and Deuteronomy. It says, go in and destroy all their cattle, destroy this, destroy that, destroy the other, right? And then it says, don't marry them. So there must have been people left. Like you don't, you didn't, you the proper genocide guys, right? Like the Nazis, they didn't say, you know, their, their objective was to destroy all the, all the people who they didn't, they didn't like. So the Jews, the homosexuals. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, but uh, but they didn't uh, turn around afterwards and say, "Well, they're still hanging around uh, a bit, but don't marry them." But it did say that you were to treat them like your slaves. Yeah, it did say that. So yeah. so they're not completely wiped out then. No, or, or they won't be your slaves. Exactly. And then it's then it's like, but don't marry them. Yeah. Um. So it's all a bit complicated in the sense of thinking about how that would be understood by the people at the time, and even now. You know, it's quite easy to say, legitimately, Howell called for the genocide of Australia on the podcast. In 5,000 years' time, 3,000 years' time. you didn't call time, for it, you reported I, it. Yeah, there we are. So in 3, You reported 000, the genocide, genocide of Australia. Australia. And Dave reported the genocide of America. Yeah. So in 3,000 years, you could rip that one sentence out and say, look, Dave... He, he supported that. James is a genocidal maniac. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that going on and a lot of that sort of thing is into our culture and they've completely missed the point, really, I think, in that sort of sense. So what was going on in um, Canaanites and the Amalekites and the, the uh, all these people, who, all these ites who got whacked by... Why Why was God annoyed with them? Why... Why was why was he? Well, they were a order? distraction, weren't they? They were drawing people away from from worshiping him and distracting him with their ways and 
and their gods. And what were their gods like? What sort of ways did they have? These Amalekites and Jebusites and um. Well, they had I don't know really. They had gods that weren't that weren't that weren't the one true god for a start. So if I look at that from a Christian point of view, um, I don't believe they were really gods. But should we then go and genocide Muslims or something? Is that what is that what you say? They just well, decide? I wouldn't agree with that because um, I'm one of those criticised Christians who believes that essentially the Muslims worship the same god we do because that's why so much of their scripture is the same as ours. You well, know? we'll have a chat about Like the Pentateuch. We'll have a um, chat about that your they use, we'll a... And the Psalms that they use. And We'll have a chat about your heresy later. But, well, uh... I, they've just got a different book of Revelation to us. Diff- we'll have a chat about your heresy later. Yeah, Right, well. okay. But I think, but what I mean is, is that, but these gods in, we when we think about worshipping other gods, we think about current, Faiths like Islam, Hinduism, etc. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Were the uh, Amalekites? No, were, completely different. What were they like? Well, what they were they, they were gods for everything for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but they were also, um, You've they were gods the that glory ma- bit. Yeah. No, but I always do, don't I? They were <laughs> gods that inco- oh Yeah, but see, it's a bit, it's a bit like the Isaac to the slaughter, isn't it? But without the changing of the mind. Exactly. Yeah, and that's where because we are. human sacrifice was completely normal. It was yeah. So what they used to do because I was trying to get Dave to remember, but he's such a he's so he's so squeamish. I he's I so squeamish. Yeah, he yeah, hates I'm, all the gore. I'm a sensitive soul. Oh no! But basically, what the Malachites used to do, right, and it was completely normal for them, would be to sacrifice children or animals or uh, their wives or other people to their god Molech. Right? Yeah. In well, we had the, the bowl thing, didn't we, where yeah, it was yeah. like throw the kids into the fire. Yeah. And they used to have drums around so then when so people couldn't hear the screams as the kids and various other things were thrown into the fire. And all the smoke used to come out of his nose. He was like a big yeah. big uh, big uh, bull. Yeah, that's why in the Old Testament it talks about horns all the time, because the horns symbolise yeah. power because everything had horns. So these people weren't good people. Well, that's our they picture of the devil gods. as well, isn't it? It is, exactly. That's where the root of the devil, the devil creature comes from. Comes from. That's why, why he's have... a fiery red thing with Ex- with horns. Exactly, because what the devil is, um, sort of understanding our popular culture understanding of the devil, is these gods who were worshipped by the Amalekites, the Jebusites and all, etc., where they used to do these horrendous things of burning people uh, in a bull. And the other so thing, in effect, know. then, so since they they were um, so heavily involved with the Israelites at this stage, yeah. and they were intermarrying, and yeah. they were um, trying to live harmoniously, even though they were diametrically opposed, those Israelites were being more drawn into the 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 worship of this Baal, Baal, and yeah, and all the rest of it, as opposed to what we see is the one true God. Um, and so the one true God uh, had to try and draw them back to himself. Yeah. And as well, there's things like uh, the other, th- well, there's loads of things. Maybe we'll talk, we're talking about Leviticus next week anyway. So I might talk about a bit more. Oh, we're going to learn how to properly dissect our animal offerings. Partly, yeah. Which bits we we get the good bits, right? Because we're the priests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. partly. And, yeah. and then everybody else talk gets. About, I was going to talk about some the of the other bits. things. I was going to talk about some of the other things that used to go on in the um, 
temples of the various other gods where they used to have massive orgies and stuff like that as well. Right. So it was a lot more fun in that sort of sense sometimes, right? Yeah. It, it was in. Uh, it was. Know. It was a bit like going downtown on the pool as a teenager, was it? Uh, it was. It was. I think we'll end up with a kind of adult rating if I describe right, okay. what was going on. Uh, Did they yeah. have pampas grass outside the temple? I, I think they used. Do you know about pampas yes, grass? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They used to have all sorts, and as well the use of drugs as well. Because people like, are going to be googling that now. Pampas yeah, yeah. grass. What's he on about? I got pampas grass in my garden. Yeah. We're going to go. And, and cut, it down, of, cut it down. Cut it down. And the the use of drugs as well, because a lot of these gods and things would use sort of psychedelics and stuff like yeah. that and all sorts of other things and soothsayers. and So it was really massively awful, right, yeah? So in a sense, it was evil. Now, so my question to you is when God is saying to the... Um, the key message about, these, about this is about how we deal with evil. So you, at the time, what the Jewish people are trying to do is live alongside these yeah. other nations, right? Yeah. See, this is why and I have difficulty with, with, these, them, with right? these bits in the books. Though. Yeah, and intermarry with them, right? And find some kind of common ground and compromise with these sorts of practices, yeah? Yeah. And what God is saying is with evil, there is no compromise. And he's saying yeah, you need to see, utterly I, destroy I it. find that difficult because that doesn't feel like good overcoming evil that feels like evil defeating evil could you compromise with um Goering and goebbels and hitler no with no that, which with... is why i'm not a complete pacifist but i err on the side of but pacifism. with with nazism for example right that's a kind of evil of Ideology, isn't yeah, it, right, yeah. It's the it's the most recent understanding yeah, we have of I, a truly but, but evil ideology. But the difficulty ideology. that we have hmm. is that we don't view the people who stood up against um, those more modern things as being evil. Yet it's too easily read into the passages in scripture that they were exactly. So if we view the the Allied forces more in the terms of the Israelites from those passages, then we might get a more balanced view. But that's difficult to do because the recording of that is not done in a way that makes that clear. Yeah. Well, it, is that a it, fair assessment? It is. I, but I think it is. It is a fair assessment, but I think it does make it clear. But you've got to do a lot of background oh, reading yeah, to find I mean, out that. I mean, but but if you yeah, so if you just read. Um, something of of the Allied forces um, forcing the Germans back into Germany, yeah. um, causing them to surrender, um, and then putting um, it would sound like what's the word Joshua. I'm looking for? Restrictions would... on them, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and basically controlling their freedoms for the next however many years. Denazification. Then you yeah. would consider that that was similar yeah and if you only read it as the history of that happening from the one view of the the proud patriarchal um allied force yeah. causing that then then that might be a different view to what y your nan's told you happened in reality or your your granddad who fought in that 
up in the reality. Exactly. So what we've got is 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 our policy against the the Japanese and the um, and the Germans and the Austrians as well was to go in and utterly destroy the state. Yeah. Because it was an evil ideology that needed to be defeated. So the forces right? of power were destroyed. Yes. But and we not did. all of the people. Yes. But we did actually as well enslave, in, in that sort of sense, the German people because we forced them to rebuild things and to denazify them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And we banned, like even in Germany today, you're not allowed to be part of a Nazi organisation and things like that, right? So we restricted their rights and so on and things like that for quite a long time in order, and everybody understands why we did that and what we did, but what the atheists do, in a sense, with Joshua, Deuteronomy, etc., is in 3,000 years, if you took that story of the Second World War and said, weren't the Allies awful because we've got records of what they said Yeah. in let's destroy the Germans, and then they did this, and then they did that, but you never actually mention what the Nazis were doing yeah. Why they needed to be stopped. Yeah. And what we do what we do not do in with the Old Testament is understand what the enemies of Israel were doing. And I do think as well, is there are certain types of evil maybe we'll finish with this really, it's important, is we'll do a bit next week. I think this needs two lots really about how we can understand it better again. We'll talk about Marcion and all them next week, yeah? Yeah. Is um Basically, with evil, our temptation a lot of the time is to play with it and to compromise with it. And we can fool ourselves into thinking that in making a compromise, finding the middle ground, being reasonable and rational, we can sort of live alongside it. And we, I think we, with certain things we can't. Like where we think we can hug a polar bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't. No. It's like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's not that bad. Look at it. It's it, lovely. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. can't I know we do things like that, but I think there are and in our own lives as well is that is that temptation to play around with evil and say, "Oh, it doesn't really matter if you do this. It doesn't really matter if you do that. It doesn't really matter if I compromise on these things all the time. If I'm constantly compromising, that's good because compromise is always right." And it's not always right. But certain things you can't compromise on. No. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's something that we find really difficult because we're told that compromise is good. But you can't compromise with some with the people who are burning their own kids. You can't no, compromise but, with that. But is there no room for negotiation? Is there no room for um, trying to make them see their error of their ways without completely destroying them would it not be better if they could be turned from their gods to the one true god without destruction i think that's the other bit that's missing as well is god only orders that sort of behavior after hundreds of years of them already being told not to do it but it worked in nineveh in nineveh with jonah yeah. It worked there. Yeah. yeah where yeah. where they were, you know, basically wrong uns. Yeah, um, yeah. And then he sent there and he yeah. doesn't want to go there because they're wrong uns. Yeah. Um and yet he still goes and then we get the 
the crying because actually <laughs> they, they do turn to God and he treats them well. Well, that's the flip side is, is uh, maybe we should do something on Jonah. That's a fantastic book. It's a, it's a novel and it's a joke, really, where it's, it's making fun of prophets, isn't it? Well, Saying it is the making prophets fun of prophets. Uh, prophets are never happy. But it but, does give us that opposite rhetoric, doesn't it? That, yeah. That actually sometimes people will turn from what they're doing to, to, towards God and change their ways. Um, with a simple messenger. Yeah, and maybe as well, that's the other thing that's missing, is all the time in, in Scripture, is we have two conflicting messages which we need to hold in tension. And that's something we've talked of all the way through the bus trip, yeah. is that you always have to take both messages and hold them in tension. There's no compromise yeah, yeah. Well, between Well, I think them. for you me, to, you know, the Deuteronomy stuff and the Joshua stuff... Um, and I know we can often use the Bible to say how right we are. Um, it's, it's, it's a flaw in us. Um, but to me, I, I look at that and think that must be the last resort. Yeah. That must be the last resort. It is, yeah. I can't imagine it to be the first thing that crossed God's mind. Um, and so maybe that needs some more in-depth looking at us to see what had been tried before we got to that point. Yeah, and I think that's why we have um, just war theory, isn't it? Yeah, and things like that. So Christian thinking around this is, you know, we don't just pick out bits from the Bible and go, therefore I must kill everybody. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Is it? It's not like you know Richard Dawkins says that we pick up a book, find a random passage, and then decide to go and murder everybody. That's never happened. No, that's that doesn't happen. Human beings go around and do abominable things, regardless of. Uh, whether they're Christians or, yeah. you know, people. Um, otherwise, the Soviet Union and Maoist China would be the most peaceful and wonderful yeah, country ever. Yeah, absolutely. But they killed 80 million people, mm. which is a record. So, it's not a record you want, though, is it? Not really. But no. the interesting thing is, is if you talk to um, popular culture and say, you know, what's the most bloodthirsty, China... Russia or the Old Testament, everybody would say the Old Testament. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a failure of the church to explain things because we're frightened to think about it and to explain things. And quite frankly, it's a maybe it's intentional. Maybe yeah. that's what we're pumped into. So next time we're going to be talking about oh another happy thing. We're talking about the long shadow, aren't we? The long shadow, yeah. Thank you for listening to those Vicar Blokes. You can subscribe to us on Substack, on Red Circle, on most platforms. I found it for um one of my congregation on Apple Podcasts. This oh, week, yeah, Apple um, Podcasts. Because yeah. they had an Apple phone and yeah, it yeah, wouldn't let that. it get them on their browser anymore. So yeah. I've subscribed to them on Apple Podcasts. Oh, there so we go. Their phone will tell them when they got a new episode to listen to. Um, so, yeah, do share it around with others. Um, and don't forget to uh, mention the recommendations we make for local hostilleries because <laughs> we're well up for gift vouchers and the like. <laughs>Right, so Dave, we've been watching. We better put some trigger warnings on this. Yeah, into trigger warnings, really. But uh, 
the long shadow. Yeah, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, is it? It's pretty, uh, yeah. it's pretty intense, really, isn't it? It is quite intense. Yeah, I've only seen the one episode. Oh, I've seen two. I have. It, was on it came Monday out on night, Monday. Yeah, 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 I haven't yeah. had a chance since Monday. Yeah, um, so, so it's about the Yorkshire Ripper, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, well Peter no, it's about the lives of the people that are affected by it. Yeah, because he's not actually in it. No. Which is really good, actually. Well, no, he's not. I, well, I haven't seen episode two yet. No, he's not. I'm in assuming that, that the woman in episode one, she's, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, McCann, isn't it? The, the, yeah. The, the, the lady who gets murdered by, is the first victim of Peter Sutcliffe, isn't it? Yeah. And no, it, it was the second one, isn't it, that I'm looking at? The no, first one is found on the field. Yeah, that's that's so the, that's the first one. Yeah, yeah, and and but we don't see much of her, do we? We no, see the no, build up no, for no, the no. next victim. Yeah, that's it. That, yeah. Um, well, so it was such a tragic story on that, though, isn't it? Our life turned upside down because because of money worries and desperation and all the rest of inflation, it. isn't it? Um, that was a, a fascinating element. Well. And her son yeah, died. Yeah, but her husband's a waster, isn't he? Yeah, but I think her husband is... Uh, well, you haven't seen the second episode yet. It's, no. It's, he's, I guess, even worse. But they're the family who she uh, basically goes out to what, be a sex worker because they're short of money um, for Christmas. And they're both traumatised because their teenage son has died. That isn't really made clear in no, the first I don't episode. No, I, I don't think I got and, that. Like, Tragically, then, uh, she's killed by Peter Sutcliffe. Um, but what reason we want to talk about it, really, is there was something on GMB, which I saw, of uh, McCann's, the first victim, McCann's son, was on GMB talking about forgiveness. Do, do you see oh, that right, clip? No, I haven't seen that, no. Well, in the clip, uh, we'll clip it in, actually. Peter Sutcliffe was an utterly depraved human being. Um, and you would be fully entitled to hate his soul. Do you? Did you? I did. Mm. Me and Sonia plotted revenge. Mm. You know, we, she, was, you? she was going to write to him and uh, befriend him and then go visit him and, and kill him. That was how we um, <laughs> thought all those years ago. But I've been on a bit of a journey for the last 48 years, and uh, um, I let go of the anger and the, the need for revenge. Uh, in 2010, when I met Desmond Tutu, we spoke about forgiveness. And I, I decided to um, let go of that and forgive him. You forgave him? Forgave him. On what, on what basis? On the, Desmond Tutu's words were, you can't force a person to forgive another, but when it occurs, it can change a situation. And I thought, I, I can't change my mum's death. I can't bring her back, but I can change how it impacts on me. And I let it go. I didn't become his friend, incidentally. No, of course not. I used to think forgiveness was for the other person. It's not. Forgiveness is for you to let, your, let, let go of the anger and need for revenge. So, Dave, what's your reaction to that little excerpt from GMB then? Well, I from, think uh, Richard McCann, who's the, I, I, the I son think, of the, he's the son of the first victim. And so, from the from the program, is he the son who gets woken up and they go sit on the bus stop? Yeah, he's yeah, that yeah. son. He's so, that. the woman that he talks about is 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 the his sister who was sat there with him? Yeah, because there were two other siblings, weren't there? Yeah, I think it's him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I think. I think I envy his attitude towards forgiveness. I think that... Now, I've never been in that situation to know how, how forgiven I'd be. Um, but I think that um, him and people like Joe Cox's husband 
um, and their expression of forgiveness for those who have harmed their family um, is admirable. And I would like to think that I would be able to achieve it, and I'm not sure. Um, but he's absolutely right. Forgiveness isn't... It is partly to do with other people, um, but actually it's got more to do with ourselves than it has with others. It's about letting go of those things that hold you and grip you because you're unable or unwilling to release them. Yeah, and I think we live in a society, you could tell by Richard Madeley when he asked the question, we live in a society where the possibility of forgiveness is seen as bad. People, we don't live in it, we live in a society now where forgiveness is not seen as something we should aim for. And I think that's probably where I go with it, is it's, it's the ultimate good is to be able to forgive people, but it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, and and we get hung up then, don't we, on always being vengeful. So we've seen loads of times through recent history where somebody has committed a crime and then the family feel like justice isn't being done because the sentence that they get given is not as heavy as they want um, or the evidence doesn't quite stack up or, you know, and then their whole focus. What, and I know it's an initial reaction, but when they come and give that interview on the news after and they're fuming about what's happening, um, they've not yet reached that point and they may never reach that point where they are able to um, release themselves from the oppression that brings upon themselves. And I think as well, though, it's the competition between two competing values really is in most societies right even i was interested to read up on this um from australian aboriginal societies where they have something called payback which is about a bit like how the vikings would work um when we talked about vinland that's a cool anime isn't it yeah it's uh, all right yeah yeah all right, yeah cool anime is the idea is that um, it's your responsibility as a father, mother, family member to exert revenge on somebody who has hurt your family, which is exactly the same way the Vikings worked. And you go all over the world, and that's really the human default, I think. Because we see that justice has to be done. But, I but think we're not the executors of justice. We have a judiciary yeah. that's responsible for human justice. Yeah. But we get that mixed up between human justice and divine justice. I think we get mixed up as well between justice and revenge. And the yeah. line between justice and revenge oh, is, it's a very, tight is very, very blurry. Isn't it? Yeah. And I think that that's the thing is that need for revenge and need, like he talked about there where he was plotting to, to go and yeah. kill him. We can all understand that. Yeah. But that in itself is something that actually oppresses us. And we, have, we we don't have it on the same level because we, we obviously haven't been hurt on the way that he's been no. hurt. But that instinct that we have to plot revenge, to to slip into resentment and bitterness and pain, I, I think that's a really dangerous and dark place to go. Isn't it's, it? it's quite fascinating, really, because 
his childhood must have been stolen. I mean, yeah, his mother was yeah. taken away. His childhood has changed. Um, we saw in the video that, that they didn't even know where his dad was or, or yeah, what have you. Yeah. You know, his childhood is fundamentally affected. And what he's managed to do is to ensure that the rest of his life has is not as damaged as it could have been. So he's making yeah. the best of something that's really bad. But what he's doing with forgiveness, and this is what Tutu is saying, is it has the power to change the situation. Yeah. And I think that, and someone said this to me a while back after I'd been, uh, I was very resentful of of a situation that happened to me about 20 years ago, something like that. And um, Father Peter from uh, CR, yeah. Tutu was trained by the same priest as me, to, uh, Peter's partner in the same community. He said to me, he said that that guy can't hurt you anymore. Yeah. And in forgiving him, you're stopping him hurting you. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, he's right there, actually. Is the power that person has over me, is that resentment that I'm feeling and all that, I need to let that go because then we're bringing that evil to an end. The evil only exists, in a sense, because I'm allowing it to exist by going down that road of resentment. So I need to change the way I think about it change the situation yeah. and that's nothing to do with the guy you know what happened to me it's actually to do with how i respond to it which is exactly what um you know it's so obviously community of the resurrection taught to do well and they taught me not too bad either so yeah yeah um there you go in it you're no desmond to i'm no desmond to no but and i do I think if we look at what happened in south africa in the truth and set reconciliation commission with desmond to do uh did that and what how Mandela changed in Robin Island uh, when he came out a different yeah. man uh, was a man of forgiveness and peace and how that prevented a civil war in South Africa yeah. at the end of apartheid. We can see the power of forgiveness, can't we? Yeah. But yeah. We just want to draw it back to the programme slightly. Yeah, sorry. I get Since we went about right on a tangent. Um, I think for me, some of the fundamental parts were... Um, the attitudes of some of the police officers um, who basically didn't want to be involved because the women who were the victims were prostitutes and had a very negative view of prostitution. And what we see from the second victim is only by the grace of God are we not in those stages of desperation in life. Yeah. Those it was you know the first victim single mother four kids on her own no way to pay the bills needs a way to pay the bills when the system is failing her and the second one well yeah they've had they've got a tragic backstory that I haven't seen yet but you have in the second episode um and and more tragedy spiraled out of that um because their lives have fallen apart and and it's and it's just that little bit of this bad decisions are made from good intentions. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think it, it should teach us to be a bit more compassionate on people. And it should um, teach us forgiveness as well, because I think yeah. what what Jesus says all the time is the better understanding we have of ourselves as human beings is our own flaws and our own capacity to end up in these situations like, like those women were in. Um that that's what prevents us it's like a kind of um anti sort of judgmentalism isn't it is if you understand that could be you 
then you're less likely to be judgmental towards those people. Yeah. And I think in our society today, they're the two great evils, I think, in our society is one of judgment and the other one of, um, you know, anti-forgiveness, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what... There's a brilliant song by Reef. Do you know Reef? Yeah. Are you cool enough to know Reef? Yes. I don't think you're cool enough Reef. to know yes, Reef. Yes, I know Reef. Nah, Reef. you're not yeah. cool enough to know Reef. Um, <laughs> a brilliant song by them, and I think it's, it's called... such a normie band. I think it's called Consideration. Yeah. Um, so you should put a link to it in the thing. Okay. Because I think it's got... It's got some excellent lyrics in it unlike the music that you like where you can't really hear the words because they're screaming a lot Um, this has got actual proper lyrics in it and it really speaks into the way that i think that um humanity should be treating each other um and it talks of forgiveness compassion kindness sounds Um, really soft yeah i know you wouldn't like it on a cooler song because it's not violent enough for you we'll finish on a cooler song which is which is much better um is on iron maiden's um seven sun and seven sun album which is their best album you see the artwork over there dave isn't it yeah is they've got a really cool song called the evil that men do goes on and on right yeah yeah and what that's about is how evil can be transmitted through the generations like that. And what forgiveness does, it breaks that cycle that evil cannot go on and on. And right, it's the only okay. way to break it, yeah? But Is make... that this year's calendar? No, no, it's from last year's. Yeah, my I was going to say, because yeah. it says September, and it's not September anymore. No, no, it's my son gave it to So it's it not even me. just a, a few days out of date. It's, I, it's, it's, it's a year out of date. I just love the, the artwork of Eddie holding his heart in his head with right. flame. So you're not going to buy a picture. You're just going to have an old bit out of a calendar. Yeah, yeah. But you're not even going to trim the bits off where it got pulled off the rings. No, I just think it's cool. All right. All right. So next week we'll be carrying on with um, what we talk about with the news and with continuing our discussion for the Old Testament. And TV, what's the TV for next week I then? don't know. Whose turn is it to choose? I, Who chose this one? Do you know what, right? I saw an advert on Channel 4, right, the other way, the other day. And my missus seen it as well. And I said, oh, I've seen this advert for this programme on Channel 4, right? And uh, and she goes, that's a Dave programme. Oh, right? what is it then? That's I'll a Dave programme. Now, what we're going to do, right, yeah, is we're going to wait and see whether you pick up on this advert and then say, oh, that's the programme we should watch. See if we're right. Right, okay. So we're not going to warn our viewers what to watch in advance. All right, and fair enough, man. Yeah, you're practicing what it is. It's Partygate, it's called. It's a drama on Channel 4 about Partygate. Oh, right, okay. That is, is a day programme. It, it is. It is. <laughs> is, it, is it done in a similar vein as the... Have I seen? It's it's not old, no. No, it's new. It's, it's out. New. It was out. Yeah, it was out. It's not the night. one with Boris where he gets COVID and he's in hospital. No, no, that? no. That was Brexit program. That oh, was. that was yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. that. That upset me. Yeah, but is is it the same sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's All right, like, sounds right up my street. Exactly. So yeah. we're gonna watch Partygate on oh. Channel Four. Brilliant. I'll have it watched by four o'clock today. Dave program. Right. So we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.